All right, well, before I introduce you today, I was thinking about, and I might have mentioned this before, I was thinking about one time when Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods were playing golf together at a tournament, and they were announcing them, and they announced Phil Mickelson, and, you know, he teed off, and then they announced Tiger Woods, and the guy started listing Tiger Woods' resume, and it was going on and on, and Phil went, finally, Phil in the background goes, all right, all right, all right, <laughs> and everybody cracked up. That would be funny. So that's what I feel like when I introduce you, you know, all right already. Well. So I'm Scott Farber. The man over there, of course, is the host of the Extra Point on this network, the co-host of our podcast. Uh, Memphis living legend, former NFL player, current NFL Player Association president, Larry Mallory, my good friend. And But now, as I give that long list, I sit here and I go, okay, so it's impressive, all these things you've done. But what people don't know is that while you were in college, being a star football player, overshadowed by Ed Tutal Jones. <laughs> and, then, and then what people don't know, although you're a star of your own TV show, you grew up and went to high school with Oprah Winfrey. Ha 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 So anyway, anyway, for whatever that's well, and, worth. And I have to add, though, that the only reason that I can't give the long list for Scott Farber, number one, is too long, and number two, you know, I, I just can't remember certain yeah, well, words, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> You know, you know, and I was thinking one day, I was thinking about that. One day, we really need to talk about our backgrounds, like even on this show. And the reason I say that, um, Rhonda and I have been married 25 years and we have three kids. And I was been married once before and I have an older daughter, Kelly. Kelly was a baby in my previous life. Right. My kids, Jordan, you know, you know my kids. And, you know, Jordan's in his 20s, Samantha's in her 20s, Alyssa's 18. They have no clue of what I've done because I've owned the ad agency their entire life. That's they true. don't know that I that I anchored TV, That's that I true. created TV shows. They know nothing about that, and they have no interest in it. But I still, at some point, want to tell them yeah. so they'll know that at least. So well, then. I might have to interview you then one day. That's right. That's what we need <laughs> to do. Need it's to a do. sad story, though. So, you know. All right. We're having this chit-chat instead of talking about the Super Bowl. And I think... Probably because that Super Bowl was a the season was so good. Mm. There were surprises. There was Patrick Mahomes. You, you know, um, the Bears had a unexpected year after being in last place four years in a row. You know, it was a great season. The ratings were up. You know, everything was good. And then the anticipation of the Super Bowl was huge. It was a, it was a letdown. You know, it and and I like the way you just described it because what you just described was a rising excitement, right? Throughout the year, and it was I mean, points were scored, forty four, thirty five. You know, bit, offense was going. The public is happy, and the and culmination. We, and we come to the culmination of the pyramid and. And it's three, it's three and three at halftime. It was three to nothing at the half. I mean, it was like, oh my gosh. And these were the two highest scoring teams. Exactly. Two highest scoring teams with the expectations from not only the teams, but from the public that this was going to be an exciting time. Not only was the game um, not, you know, as exciting as we wanted, 
even the activities. Now, I'm not killing Atlanta. Atlanta was a beautiful city. The stadium is fantastic. Right. And Atlanta's a great city. It is. It's a great city. There was a lot of things to do. But, of you know, I'm, I'm in the Super Bowl gospel choir, but this time there were more, there were a lot, not more, but there were a lot of social issues going around football. For right. instance, I was on the, I was uh, invited to the Lee Steinberg panel. Right. Lee Steinberg was a, you know, uh, agent, agent for all yeah. the quarterbacks. Yeah. And before his party, his party starts at 12, we actually had a children, youth, uh, children's health and safety seminar. Right, right. To where we had we had four four people on a panel and they invited specific people to ask questions about the helmets and child youth safety and we talked about brain health. Uh, one of the players, there was a doctor on there, a radio announcer, but one of the players had actually broken his neck hmm. in Cowboy Stadium on a kickoff return. And if any player had just moved his hand or any part of his body, he would have died on the field. And he had a, 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 an amazing story, you know, just about... Is, is he paralyzed now? Or is no, he okay? he's not. In fact, he had more of an injury than Ryan's, you know, that uh, right. the guy that's kind of paralyzed. Right. But the issue was, and now he, his, his father was his coach growing up and put a lot of things in. And now he's his son's coach and he started a more civil and safe way right, to right. play youth football, which, right. you know, is what we focus on too. Right, right. That's so, amazing. It was a lot of things around, you know, a lot of different events around it. However, normally, and, and I was so, you know, normally I've been in the choir for many years, and normally there's these big parties and everybody gives away garb and free stuff that I was going to bring back to you guys. Right, right, right. But they didn't have it this year. This year... Uh, you, you could have paid for it and brought it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I would accept it if you bought it. <laughs> this year, they, they gave you as much, any drinks you wanted and any food you wanted. But all in all, it was not as much garb and, and those kind pop of things. circumstance. Yeah, yeah. Pop and circumstance. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is your choir. This is, uh, yes, uh, this is the 20th anniversary of the NFL Super Bowl Gospel Choir. Uh, I've been singing now for about 10 years. Um, Interesting, it, it's owned by a young lady called Melanie Few, and Melanie uh, lives there in Atlanta, and she kind of started this uh, friends, family, and faith friends, family, and football. Right, right. So it kind of brings us together. And Scott, uh, the night we, we, we practiced until 12.30 the night before, 1.30 almost, right? But the day of the show, the practice session, we had about 40 guys a day of the show, we had about 70. Oh, <laughs> so, wow, wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And BET, it was on BET, and it's an annual thing, and it really turned out to be nice. Now, um, did you bring some of that back for us? Some of the... the, the yeah, the, the choir? Well, it's... Uh, I haven't seen... I know you brought back some interviews, and I haven't seen anything yet. Yes. And they may even put some of those interviews into this podcast when, you know... But did you get some of the choir or no? I didn't get a chance to get some of the choir, but I have some videos that's coming. One of our friends, okay. mutual friends... Okay. Not only took videos of us singing, okay. but also took videos of the Super Bowl. Okay, they were they they were on the third thirtieth row. Oh now, man, so are you going to be in trouble? You <laughs> took video of the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, the NFL Films is going to be knocking on your door. That's true, <laughs> and, and you know, Homeland Security was all over Atlanta. Um, arresting people with fake garb that did not have the NFL logo on. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a lot of that going on around. Wow, the wow. All right, so um, since we don't we don't have you on videotape singing, are you going to perform live now? Well, I don't know if I can remember the song. Oh, you are so bad. <laughs> you know, CT. Yeah, yeah. But it is on BET, and I will make a. I can make a clip of it and yeah, get it yeah, to you because okay. it, yeah, it's reviewed on. BET. Well, we could find Larry on YouTube. I'm sure. That's true. That's singing, true. you know. But we're going to get him to sing one day on this show when he's not so shy, because I know you're a very shy person anyway. That's true, that's true. All right. So you know, the first thing that I told you before we started taping that that I noticed through the whole all the playoffs. You always talked about how Belichick was your first coach, special teams coach, um, and you were the holder. And he worked with you guys to get the snap to be released to you a certain way where you would catch it every time where you catch and the ball goes down. You don't take the 18th of a second or whatever to spin it. So the ball is always going to be perfect for the kicker. And I'm sitting and going, that's impossible. You know, Larry's telling stories, you know. (laughs) And then I'm watching the playoffs, uh, you know, and watching the Patriots and never on a a field goal or a uh, extra point did I see the holder spin that football? Right. It would be catch and plant kick. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Do all teams do that now, or is it still just Belichick that figured it out? You know, Scott, that is an absolutely fantastic question. I'm gonna I gotta watch now. Yeah, Belichick has been around for so long, you would and he has so many of his um people that have come under him coaching. Right, right. That are in other teams. Right, now. right, right. You would think. That they're because they were developed from a coaching perspective right. on being specific like him. So I would think that they are some coaches now that are looking. Well, they got to it all those little things. Yeah, yeah, paying more attention to to the some of the more specific athletic things that make you win versus those that make you lose. You know, just depending upon one part. Belichick adjusts in every phase of the game to every game. Yeah, yeah. You know, and people don't really understand the science of the game. You know, they just think, oh, the quarterback drops back and whoever he sees opening throws the football to. You know, there is such a science to the game and how the defense lines up. And we were even talking earlier, just the guys on the outside where they turn in to force the wide receiver who has to go to the inside of the field. And if he wants to go outside, he's just got extra steps to run, right. which gives the safety more time to get over there. That's right. You know, so I mean, there's a lot of things in the science of the game that uh, that people at home don't really, really see. Well, let's talk about the game. We got Tom Brady, um, who is, you know, going down as the greatest of all time, argue, arg- that big word I can't say, <laughs> arguably. <laughs> But in this last Super Bowl, it was anything but Brady-like. It sort of reminded me of uh, um, uh, Peyton Manning in his second Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He didn't look so good when Denver won either. Denver won it on defense. And Tom was 21 of 35 for 262 yards. He had a fumble, and his first pass was intercepted. It was not a, a, a good, smart move on a good throw. And his quarterback rating was 71.4. And if we say, should Tom Brady retire, you're going to laugh at me. But when is it enough? When, when do you say to a guy that's a superstar, possibly the greatest ever, yeah. does he have to be told to leave? Um, no, I, I don't think he has to be told to leave. But I think that when, every, when six of your years that you're in the league, you finish at the highest echelon of the sport, 
And this particular year, you again finish as a Super Bowl. Right, runner. right, right. It's very difficult to come back and quit then, you know. Right, but 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 there's the team going, yeah, you know, that decline is there, and you know. Well, if 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 the if the decline is there, then that means that the other thirty-one teams have even more of a decline because they finished at the top. I understand that, yeah. but I'm just talking about his individual performance. Right. I mean, you know, I got to give some of that win to the defense. Yeah. You know, that wasn't a Tom Brady win. Right. You know, um, um, you know, he might have had a, a good drive in there, but that's fine. I, I didn't, you know, he didn't just fall off a cliff. Right. But if there is a decline in a professional athlete, we've seen it in almost every sport. Guys hang around too long, and how do you tell your superstar – Maybe it's time to go away. And, and that's a bad choice of words. Maybe it's time to retire. Well, the, 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 the two things. The superstar is normally the person that touches the ball most. Right, right. right. But a, a Belichick team, Brady is going to get the attention. You know, he got a beautiful wife, makes a right. lot of money. <laughs> right, right. Stuff. But one thing, it's almost like when you say Bill Belichick, you should say Belichick team. Right, it's a team approach. To Absolutely, Belichick. it is. And and the way that he coaches, it's a natural progression for the quarterback to get the you know get right, all the right, right, right. You can stick around a long time because wherever the weakness is, Belichick finds that weakness and then applies his strength to it. So it's not like the whole thing is on on Brady's back. You know. Yeah. So yeah. he can hang around a long time. All right, uh, you know, I just you know, you know, you see some of these superstars start to age in in all sports, and you kind of cringe for them because they they become a shell of themselves, and you don't want to see that with Brady. You know, I know he wants to play till he's forty five because he drinks concoctions that they create out of healthy food, and he is in great shape, and he you know he is very good, but when they decline. You know, when do you when do you say it's time to move on? Edelman, what did you think of his day? You know, ten receptions, one hundred and forty-one yards. I think that Edelman uh, is is the you know they say the difference in a professional and an amateur is consistency, and I think that he's a very consistent player. He's not a dominant player, but he's a consistent player. I think he's well versed in the, whatever the game plan is, and I think he has a good. Interaction with Brady. Yeah, he yeah. knows how to get Brady out of the, you know, yeah. out of the. If there's some issues, he cuts the cuts the routes off at the right time. He, they're just pretty well aligned. Well, you know, when you say he's not a dominant player, <clears throat> I, I might argue that point a little bit because he seemed to be open by a lot mm -hmm. on every pass. Right. By by play. Yeah, by that particular play call for that particular. Defense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, uh, but he, he seems to, he seems to get it done. Now, Jared, I don't see him though. I don't see him being physically dominant over the defense. Oh, I got you. I got you. Like a Gronkowski. Exactly. He's you know. not that kind of dominant. Yeah. He's smart. He got. He has a feel for Brady when he's in trouble. He underneath passing. Right, for them right. is very, very important. So now, you know, uh, Gronk is talking about retiring possibly. Maybe, maybe not. So there's another, you know, there's my next question. He looked pretty good in that game to me. He made probably the key catch that, you know, helped keep the, uh, you know, the drive going. So is it time for him to retire? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. You know, when uh, it's, it's... But it's different, though, with Brady because 
Gronkowski's got a lot of injuries. Exactly. And he takes a lot of hits. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, fortunately, though, Gronkowski, honestly, is a oversized great talent, you know, for his right. role. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. He was like Tuto was when defensive ends were averaging 6'4", he was 6'9". Yeah. Right, you know? right, right, yeah. You can throw the ball to him, especially if you have a 5'11 defensive back on him. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. He's gonna get it well, up. and he catches everything, and he's pretty fast for a big guy, he and he's open a lot. He is, you know. and, but, but why? Belichick splits him out. This is a tight end that probably runs 5'5". Five, five, five. Right, not right, fast. right, okay. right, right. He splits him out. He forces individual man coverage. Right. You follow me? Right. And therefore, the the way that the play is structured also takes advantage of his talent. See, wouldn't you like to one day have a clinic with a bunch of rowdy football fans and kind of explain the science of the game to the people? Uh, yeah, I would. I mean, because, you know... I'd like for you to be there with me, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll, be, I'll protect you. That's yeah. right. You know, yeah. no, but the six four, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thirty years, a little too old. Um, but you, you know, when you think about that, uh, um, because there is so much that goes in. There's eleven guys on each side of the ball, and they all have a job to do a certain way. Yeah, you know, on every play. It, you know, and you get back to Brady and everything. Uh, I think they on his hundredth drop back in the playoffs. He got tackled for a uh, sack. And when he got tackled, two guys almost hit him. And I'm saying he just even doesn't get hit hard. <laughs> he kind of knows it's, I'm going to go down now. Right. You know, you know what I mean? He even knew it was his 100th sack. I mean, yeah, he yeah, celebrates yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, it was his 100th drop back, and that's what it took for him to get sacked. Uh, you know, to, to me, what was interesting was that all year long, the Rams have had a and an explosive offense. Right. But their defense has been dominant. I don't I don't remember hearing Aaron Donald's name called a lot. I don't remember hearing Indomitian Sue's name called a lot. Yeah, but but they only gave up uh uh 13 points That's too. That's true. That's a I, good point. You, you know what I mean? Point. You're you're right. You know, you wouldn't realize that they were dominant, but if they're okay, let me get into something else. Yeah. Jared Goff was 19 of 38, 229 yards, one interception, a 57.9 rating. He had two. He had two touchdown passes dropped. They were right in the guy's hand. If if those were caught, so he's suddenly 21 of 38, and instead of 229 yards, he would have had about close to 300 yards and two touchdowns. So all of a sudden, his numbers would have looked pretty good then. Right. And if those were caught, maybe this whole game is different. Maybe it's a 17 to 13, and then the discussion isn't about the great Bill, Chell, uh, Bill Belichick. Maybe the discussion is about this young, great quarterback who took down the uh, Patriots. Now, I know they didn't. Right. But football to me is, you know, they talk about baseball being a game of inches. Football to me is a game of inches. Without I, a doubt. I mean, you know. Uh, the two passes he completed. I mean, the two passes that you say that were, were, dropped. were dropped. Right. Were two passes where both the defensive backs were really right there on them. There were also two uh-huh. touchdowns. Right. That no one was anywhere near the receiver. And by the time he realized that the guy was open. Oh, yeah, that, just, that, that was a. Uh, uh, that was a third one. Yeah. That was that was on him because that guy was open the whole route. And a, a number of times, the, there were underneath opens that he missed. Right, right, right. 
He either missed them because he didn't see them or he missed them because his delivery was so wide that they were able to make an adjustment through his throwing pattern. And that's if you remember, that's what was the start of the game was they, they showed you Brady's and they sh- uh, his throwing approach. Right, right. And they showed you Jared Goff's right, right. baseball pitcher right, right. throwing approach. Right, right. And so I believe that had a lot to do now, now was that was he is that how he throws the football now or was he doing that because of the defense? No, that's how he throws. That, they showed a, 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 a lot of clips on his release patterns. See, the release is very important for short passes. The first thing they tell you is getting the ball out of your hand as a defensive. I mean, as yeah. a quarterback. Yeah, as quickly as possible. And who does it best? Brady. Right, right. He gets it, and why does he does it? Edelman. Yeah, 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 <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. He has. They have their safety valves allow him to neutralize the right, defensive right. line. But when you allow the defensive line to slap and over and make three right, steps right. before you can get it back here to throw, you don't really have to sack him. You right. just have to be in the area. Right, right. Because if you're going to throw a baseball pitcher thing, well, it's going to come out here, well, just let me jump here. Yeah, yeah. You follow yeah, me? Yeah. Now you got to versus, uh, Right, right, uh, right. Getting it right. And, and, and you were, before we went on, you were uh, listing the the other quarterbacks that throw like Brady, yeah, which was a pretty good list. Johnny Unitas, <laughs> uh, um, who else? We, who else? Joe Gilliam, you? Patrick Mahomes, yeah, <laughs> especially yeah, 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 Patrick yeah. Mahomes. But Johnny Unitas, Joe Namath, Joe Gilliam—they were all quick release. Tom Brady, Dan Marino, yeah, yeah. Dan Marino yeah. kept it here, so when it was time, he could get it out of there. Um, now you met Patrick Mahomes at the Super Bowl at I some did. of the festivities. I did. Absolutely fantastic young man. So football is going to be turned over to some pretty good hands. I think so. I think, uh, I think, and, and even Jared Goff, I didn't get a yeah. chance to meet him, but I, I think that the game is going in a good direction offensively. Uh, people like to see scores, and therefore, you know, these kind of young yeah. men will give you a lot of scores. Yeah, well, Mahomes, yeah, but it's like we had talked earlier. You had mentioned, how is he going to top this year? Well, uh, I mean, you can't. That's true. It's, if he does, then he's in the stratosphere. And you and I had a similar conversation with Dak about Dak Prescott. Yeah, you know, his yeah, first year yeah. was tremendous. Yeah. And now people understand Patrick, and they'll see enough film. Yeah, there's a lot yeah, of film yeah. on him. But I don't know how you can defend throwing with your left hand or your right hand or under the shoulder. Well, you know how you fling a ball <laughs> sideways fifty yards right on target. You know, is another thing. But but, but I have to say this. When I saw in that young man, just observing him, he stopped to talk to kids. He stopped to talk to elderly people. He was not arrogant. He was uh, inviting to pe- to the right, public. Right. He got an award at the Lee Steinberg party. Right. Um, um, but he just seems to, you know, his father was a former baseball player. Right, right, and right. So to me, he's a good example of... of of youth and their uh, invitation into the sport. How, how, you know, I wonder, you know, you play in the NFL, as you would say, pre-93, and I would say, yeah, but a lot pre-93. What is it like when you meet the young kids now, knowing that you played, does it just flood you back with memories? Is it like, oh, man, you know, where's the time gone? What is it like when you meet the young guys, when you look at them and go, this, you know, that was me, but a hundred years ago? You know, uh, that's a, another great question. I think for me, the first thing that comes to mind is a fraternal order. 
Right, right. You know, uh, this is a group of people that's going through some of the same things that I went through. Uh, There's a different remuneration for it, but still the physical challenges that it places on your body and your mind, that they're going through that. And I think that there's a mutual respect pre-1993 and post-1993. Right. There's a mutual respect, and I think that's one of the reasons we're looking to try to establish in the next CBA, Collective Bargaining Agreement, universal vestation across the board and health health support, health and family support across the board. One thing for sure, Scott, and I share this with the union as well, as an active player group, they're making money, they're part of the union, but there's also a limited number of people per team. But as a former player chapter, everybody that's cut becomes a former player. So that's the environment that's constantly growing, the former player chapters. And therefore, the the objective and former player environment should be support for the family, education, health, financial stability, um, growth and investment, educational uh, solidarity. Those kinds of things are important to guys and, and, and with a different importance to post-1993 because of pre, you know, based on the salaries, but both of the issues are, are rele- yeah. relevant to both areas. Yeah, I, I just sit and think, you know, though, when, when all, when you're with all the uh, retired guys, you know, at, at, at the Super Bowl especially, <clears throat> the memories, the thoughts individually that you all have, you know, when, when you're seeing all the, the young rising stars and everything, it, it you know, it's got to be... Uh, I'd, l- I'd like to read everybody's mind at that one exact moment, you know, when they're out there. You know, that's, that's, a, that's so relevant uh, at the trust event. We had a living legends community event and right. a trust event every night. And Claude Humphrey happened to be there. And Claude, yeah, yeah. I'm from Memphis. Claude's right. from Memphis. And a guy that played with me and Claude, Claude went to Tennessee State before Tutal. Okay. Okay, so before you. And before me. Right, right. Richard Dent went to Tennessee State. Right. Those are our defensive ends. Tutal is the only one not in the Hall of Fame. That's, that's ridiculous. And that's something. But Claw was there. I got a chance to talk to him and let him know that there was not a chapter in the Memphis, Mississippi, Arkansas area, in West Tennessee. There's not a chapter that's taking care of the needs for players. And his daughters kind of take care of his business, and he was very supportive in helping us get a chapter started yeah. in that part of the country. Yeah, yeah. No, it's amazing when you throw out these names and everything. You know what I don't want to see happen to Too Tall Jones? Ron Santo, who was a great baseball player for the Chicago Cubs, was always up for the Hall of Fame. And if you look at his individual record, he had a tremendous career with the Cubs, overshadowed by Billy Williams and Ernie Banks, both in the Hall of Fame. And I kept saying, and then Ron wound up as a really a beloved broadcaster. I was telling you earlier, my kids had no clue my previous life, you know, before they were born. <clears throat> I think of the generation of people that only thought of Ron Santo as this crazy color guy in the Cubs that have no clue what a superstar on the baseball field he was. And I kept saying, they are going to put this guy in the Hall of Fame after he dies and not before. It would drive me crazy. And then he he had diabetes his whole life. He was a big advocate for uh, diabetes. He got cancer. He was still broadcasting as they removed his legs because of diabetes, you know. Still kept a great attitude, kept fighting. Finally passed away. It was a terrible moment in Chicago when he passed away. And then the very first time he was eligible for the Hall of Fame after he passed away, he got in. 
And it, yes, but why couldn't they do it while he was here? And I don't want to see. Yeah, I don't want to see that happen to Too Tall Jones. Well, we don't either. I tell you. I want you know. You know, obviously, Too Tall Jones is in good health, and we expect him to be around a long time. But but what are you doing? Why isn't this guy in the Hall of Fame? Do, do you remember Wayman Bryant? Do I remember? Yes, and okay. we had him on our show. Exactly. And yeah. well, the reason I ask it, and I remember way, because a Bear fan, I remember when Superman came onto the team, and that's what I was. That's where I was going with this. I took pictures. You know, at the Super Bowl, they have the quarterback stand, and right. for you, right, I had one of my friends take a picture in Trubisky's full jersey. Right, 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 show. right. But. As we look, when you talk about Ed, you know, and Ed and Ed and uh, Wayman were actually drafted the same year right. in the first round. Right. And I didn't know, well, the reason I asked this is because I wanted to know if the Bears viewed, if they held Wayman in the same regard. Because I know he came right after no. Dick Butkus. Yeah, you know, see, and, and, and he had talked about this on the show, and it's something I'll never forget. And, Adam, this would be a good place to put the, on the screen the link to uh, Wayman on, on Larry's show <laughs> on the extra point. Um, because he talked about how in college he, he was, you know, he got no notoriety because there was somebody called Tutal Jones. And he said he never got any in Chicago because he was replacing... Dick Butkus. So he goes, I couldn't. And, and he was a very different player. You know, he goes, Butkus and I would both annihilate guys, and Butkus would stomp on him and walk away. He goes, I, I would extend my hand and pull him up. And, and um, um, he goes, that uh, they just rip them apart all the time in Chicago for that. So there's a guy... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's amazing, yeah. you know, overshadow. I was teasing you at the beginning of the show. You have your own TV show. Big deal. You went to to school with Oprah Winfrey. She had a better one. You, you, right. you know what I mean? But, but, but there's a case where it's true. You know, uh, he played in the shadows, a superstar in his own right. Yeah. You know, because I think all you guys, you know, you made it to the NFL. You were obviously superstars your whole life. And uh, there's, there's a guy that uh, really was overshadowed. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's. I, I need your opinion on uh, on what's going to be for the quarterback situation mm-hmm. in the NFL next year. Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think that um, because of his mobility mm-hmm. I don't, and his unpredictability, I think he's going to have a good year next year. Okay. Because I think he just creates stuff. I don't think he's oh, yeah. predictive. Yeah. You know. Mitch Trubisky. I think that Mitch is. Um, I think he required one more year of leadership. Right. And I think that's what he got this year. Hopefully, he doesn't run as much next year, so he doesn't get hurt at all. Right, right. And I think that he, between Mitch Trubisky on the offense and Khalil Mack on the defense, watch out, here comes the Bears. Here come the Bears, of course. (laughs) Carson Wentz. Uh, I think Carson, again, I I think Carson is going to spend this offseason Probably doing more weightlifting than anything. Getting his body together to a point where he can make it through the entire season. I still like uh, I like the Eagles. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think I think there were five former players that were coaching in the actual um, conference championships going in. Doug Peterson was one of those, and he's right. a coach with the Eagles. So, right. I, Jason Garrett was one. Right. But I, I like the Eagles, and I think that Carlson is going to probably be more physical and do something to try to get his body 
more stable than anything else. Nick Foles. I think Nick is a perfect backup. Uh, he's making great money, <laughs> right, yeah. on a good team, and I think that he's comfortable behind Carson and can give Carson the kind of confidence and stability for that entire team to get back. So they're not going to trade him? I don't think so. You know, and he's not going to demand to be traded because he wants to be a starter. Oh, Nick? Yeah. Well, I don't think Nick really wants to be a starter anymore. When you're making that kind of money and you can only play three or four games a year. Yeah, yeah. I, know. <laughs> you know, I don't yeah. know. Well, I always say the backup quarterback is the best job in the world. Oh, let me tell you. You make a lot of money and you don't have to get hurt. That's right. That's you, right. You know. Um, okay, Baker Mayfield. Um, I think Baker, to me, is something similar to Patrick in that he's a, a bit unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Um one of the interesting things about Baker is that uh, Ozzie Newsom is the general manager there, Hall of Fame, right. tied in with the Bears from right. 78 to 90, I think, played a long time, executive vice president of the club. He's actually retiring this year. Hmm. So I, I like what Baker did with that team, but it'll be interesting to see who the new GM is to hopefully align and, and still support Baker's objectives. See, you know, Baker is a guy that... Um um, had to always keep proving himself in college yeah. too. Yeah. You, you know, he had to leave. Uh, I guess it was Tech, tech yeah. Texas Tech. He was at. Yeah, Went to Oklahoma. Didn't even tell anybody in Oklahoma he was there. <laughs> Went to school for a year, <laughs> and then went as a walk-on. Yeah. And competed. Got on the team, and then took over the team. And had a great career. And, now funny. Look at and then he and then he went into the pros, number one in the draft, and a lot of skepticism. You know, his size, he can't do this and can't do that. And he had a pretty good rookie year, yeah. you know, with that team. And there's so much hope now in Cleveland. It's it's exciting to see Cleveland, you know, all of a sudden they feel like, you know, we could, we could win a game. You know, and I think these young quarterbacks, because they move so much, there's a degree of unpredictability. Yeah, yeah. And therefore, when you, even when you get the film on them, yeah. you, they might do something even So different. could Johnny Manziel have made it? Did he just blow it, or was he just not talented enough? I think I think Johnny is very talented. I think Johnny Manziel is not a leader. Okay. I don't think that he he whatever his development was, it didn't earn the respect by other players that Baker has. So you think or that, that Patrick has? So you think that was his downfall? Yeah. Just a lot of it was about him. Yeah. Well, yeah. the quarterback is about you anyway. Right. Right. He used to do a lot of this. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, the quarterback is going to make more money than anyone else on the team. Right. They're going to get no more notoriety. So if you're trying to turn the spotlight constantly on you, yeah. then how can you lead 22 other guys? Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Kyler Murray. I hope he goes to baseball. I think that... Uh, why, why do you say that? Well, because of the science that we now have, you know, on football and the longevity of your career. Uh, in baseball and basketball versus football. I think that, I believe that he's probably making a good move in testing the waters for the draft to see, you know, they say in a capitalistic country it is about capital. Right. So he's testing that to see what he can get from there. But I believe that that, uh, based on the the quickness of his pace and his size, I think baseball would be a perfect fit. But here's what I'm thinking about him. He has a minor league contract. With Oakland. Mm. The minor leagues, you know, you never had to play in the minor leagues. You get on that bus and you drive to Birmingham 
And then you get on the bus and you drive to somewhere in Kentucky and or you get drafted in the first round in the NFL and you walk out into this huge stadium with 80,000 people screaming at you. That's a good point. You know what I mean? Then they get 4.6 million though to play on that. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm just saying though, but you got a 22 year old kid who has been idolized his whole life and he's looking my road ahead is a lot of hard work, whichever way he goes, but in the minor leagues. And in the football, you know, in the NFL, you're the guy on a football team. One of the reasons I played football versus baseball and I should have played baseball was because it wasn't a whole lot of people in the stands at the yeah. baseball game. Well, you know exactly so what exact, I'm talking about. Exactly. You, you yeah. know, I and we, and, and going out to those minor leagues, watch Bull Durham, you know, the movie. That's right. That, that's what your, his life will be like for a couple of years with his four point whatever million dollars. And then he still has to make it. You know, the NFL, he's if he starts a quarterback on some team next year, he's one of 32 guys in the world. That's true. That, that you know, that also, says, I'm the starting quarterback in yeah, the NFL. Consider this. I'm just saying, what as a kid, what you're thinking. Yeah, but I, I also consider the fact that I'm a Heisman Trophy winner, right? Right. And there could be some baseball teams that draft him that will move him directly to the team just for his notoriety. Well, he's been drafted already. Exactly. So, you know... So, uh, um, it's going to be really interesting to say, I, I agree with you. I think he should play baseball for the reasons you stated. Yeah. Um, watch him get a bad, terrible injury in the first week. But baseball, generally, your career is much longer. Yeah. And if you become a star, the money is much better. Yeah. You, you know, of course, I don't feel sorry for somebody making $30 million a year you, you know, in either league. And, you know, um, <clears throat> but I think... I think as a kid, you just see the beauty of the NFL and all the fanfare around the draft even. When he was drafted, who knew? Yeah. But when you see the NFL draft, everybody watches it. That's it's true. a big event. That's true. You know, so... Uh, we'll see how that works out. Yeah, yeah it'll, be, it'll be interesting to I'm see. I'm sure his parents has a lot of input, though. You know, because his, his parent also was a professional baseball player. His dad was? Yeah. Well, you know, and, and that might be, he'll look at his dad and say, and that's why I'm going to football. <laughs> you know, you know uh, if the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, were you a star dad? I'll go to football. I'll go to football. You, you know, type thing. All right, so we just have to do it. Who's going to be in the Super Bowl next year? Oh, wow. That's hard one to, that's hard one to predict. We would, the only kind of person that can predict, have those type of, Long pre predictions would be Scott Farber. Not yeah, well, of not. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, give me your guess then. I would think that, okay, who would go next year? On the NFC, I would think. Wrong. <laughs> I was going to say the Bears. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, Scott, I, I'm a, um, I think that injury has so much to do with it. Oh. You, you know, I look at the games at the end of the year, yeah. you know, and I'm going, this is really tragic that uh, that some of these guys are playing now, that they have to be because it's, you know, it still hasn't been settled yet. Because you just game, get afraid of it. Exactly. It was some game, I think, where they had to put safeties on the corner. Yeah. You remember? Yeah, yeah, somebody yeah. just took advantage of the safety because uh, yeah. they knew he couldn't play corner. Yeah, yeah. So I think from that perspective, it's hard to determine. Who, if I had to go with someone, I would probably go with the Giants. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I can't say the Bears now because that's NFC, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd probably go with the Giants, and 
and the Patriots. You know, I would pick the Patriots too, but I think Kansas City's finally going to get push the envelope. I think yeah. Mahomes is going to be that good, and Brady's going to be real good too, but maybe that team will be a notch down, and I think that's all it, it'll take to get like uh, a Kansas City team in there. So I'm going to go with Kansas City and the Bears. That would be a great, that would be a really good, uh, I mean, both Absolutely. the fan bases are and you I, know, new to it. And See, I need, that's the kind of excitement. I think that one of the issues, and I'm sorry, Coach, but one of the issues with this year's Super Bowl was the fact that the Patriots are there so much that yeah, yeah. it kind of dulled it down. Well, there is a, there's a Patriot fan who I, I know his son played baseball for me for many years, uh, and he's a real good guy, and he's from Boston, and he is a big Patriot fan. And I just constantly on social media about the Patriots, the Patriots, not in a mean way. You know, he was bragging about how we're now the greatest dynasty ever because we have six, you know, and uh, more than Pittsburgh, even though we both won six. So I said, well, what if Pittsburgh, I answered one out of his 12,000 little posts and tweets and whatnot. And uh, I said, what if uh, Pittsburgh wins the seventh one before New England? And he goes, well, then they have to be considered the greatest of all time. And I go, at least he's a gentleman yeah, about it. Yeah. You know, I gave him a lot of credit. But then I go, actually, because they didn't always call it the Super Bowl, don't the Packers have 11 titles between Super Bowl and NFL titles? Oh, okay. The Bears have nine. You know, the Bears have just the one Super Bowl, but they have eight NFL titles. So it's just interesting. And I want to show everybody that Larry did bring me back. He wants me to drink water all right. the time. That's right. You know, water. So he brings me back a water cup from the Super Bowl, which I'm very happy to have. And I thank you for it, no man. No problem, my friend. You know. All right. We'll, we'll get together again soon. We definitely we'll will. We'll do this again. Good to see you. All right. Good seeing you. Right. Take care. Take care. Take care. Take care.